0: Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of The Perfect Pitch. I'm Hunter March.
1: It's the perfect pitch,
2: and it so
0: Every June, the advertising world comes together for the Cannes Lions Festival of Creativity. And as you know, the show is all about the creative process, so we had to be there. Throughout the festival, we'll be sitting down with brands and their agency partners to talk about creativity, the art of the pitch, and much more. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear the phrase, woolly mammoth meatball? If you said, wow, sounds delicious, then you're gonna love our guests today. One of our producers, Jessica Levinson, had the pleasure of interviewing Tim Smith, the co-founder of Vow Food and Baz Corsten, chief creative officer at Vow's agency, Wonderman Thompson. Vow is a company at the forefront of the cultivated meat movement and they made headlines earlier this year when they created a literal meatball made from woolly mammoth DNA. It's all in service of Vow's humanitarian vision for the future. What is that vision? Well, that's coming up on The Perfect Pitch. Here's Jessica. <laughs>
1: Tim Noakesmith, Baz Corsten, welcome to The Perfect Pitch. I'd love to hear from both of you a little bit about what brought you here to Cannes this year.
3: Well, I'm the Global Chief Creative Officer of Wunderman Thompson. So we have quite a few entries that we're hopeful for. So meeting a lot of new clients, a lot of people in the industry that you kind of know from other networks. So it's a very interesting dynamic and, and very busy week.
2: Yeah, well, I guess I'm here because of Baz. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a co-founder of a company called Vow, which is a world leader in cultured meat, um, which is growing meat from animal cells instead of farming animals. Baz and I have been working together for the last couple of years to do something a little bit crazy with this technology, and, and it's making a bit of a buzz here at Con uh, at Lions, so that's why I'm here.
1: Awesome. Is this your first can with the brand?
2: It is, Yeah.
1: We've been hearing a lot about AI, and obviously, you must think a lot about AI and machine learning and how that can impact and shape your brand.
2: Yeah, I mean, AI is another tool in the toolkit. I mean, it's starting to heat up at the moment because of generative AI, and that's having a lot more use cases than we probably anticipated like two years ago. But it is, it's is—it's super buzzy at the moment, and there's good reasons. It's There's amazing, amazing tools coming out of it at the moment, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, along those lines, Vow sounds like it's a brand that's quite a bit about shaping the, the future. Tell us a little bit about the company's mission and what you guys are all about and who you're trying to reach. Who's your target audience?
2: Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got a pretty clear mission is we want billions of humans to be eating sustainably. The planet's going to be 10 billion people in the next couple of decades. And we need to make sure that we have food systems that, that can satisfy their hunger, but without destroying the planet in the first place.
1: And what's the dynamic with Wonderman Thompson? How are you guys helping achieve that vision?
3: So I saw a banner in the Palais that said, our planet is your biggest client. And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. And I think the world is being plagued with so many issues at the moment, climate change being one of the more prominent ones, that we always feel compelled to look at that problem and see how we can, with creativity, help in battling those problems. And one of the ideas we had was to create a mammoth meatball, because that was the outrageous project that Tim was talking about um, to address the issue that Tim just mentioned. We can't keep eating meat the way we do. Meat consumption has quadrupled over the last 50 years. We need a second planet to feed all these people if we keep going. So we need to do something which is not an alternative because that always sounds like second best. We need something that is actually better than the meat we have now to get to a sustainable solution.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about that woolly mammoth meatball. Well, first of all, is it delicious?
3: It could very well be. We haven't tasted it, and there's a few reasons for it. One is, when it comes to cultured meat, food safety is, of course, of the highest importance. We haven't been able, and you'd probably take like three years to test it properly.
2: It's a long process to get things through proper food safety testing and and, and regulation.
3: Yeah, doesn't say we didn't nibble. (laughs) And then the second thing is, it was made in Australia. It was launched in Amsterdam. And to be able to get it from Australia to Amsterdam, we actually had to kill it. So we had to drench it in formaldehyde, to make it basically a museum prop for customs to let it through because they're not too fond of biohazardous material. Can Can you imagine that conversation at customs? Like, hey, what are you declaring?
2: Uh, woolly woolly mammoth, actually? Woolly mammoth
1: DNA? Yeah. Just don't don't, look look away. Look away. (laughs) If you're listening to this FBI, we're very sorry. (laughs) Um, and, and look away. So what was the thinking behind this activation? Obviously, it's very disruptive, um, pretty risqué. What was the strategy? What was the strategic brief behind this idea?
3: Not enough people know about cultured meat. So we first needed to convince people that this was actually something that is out there and that is better than real meat for lots of reasons. And then we needed to get people curious and excited and engaged and would be willing to try. And that really worked.
2: We have a bit of an challenge in our industry at the moment. So you have all of these companies who are raising tens, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars. And what they turn around to the world with is a more expensive chicken nugget. And Obviously, it's an incredible breakthrough, but it's not inspiring for people. And so we need people to see that there's an opportunity here for things to be better, for things to be more exciting. When we're growing cells, we can start to bring things together to make new flavors, new nutrition profiles. And so we wanted to change the collective narrative that this isn't just a way to replicate. This can be totally new.
1: Very new. Completely <laughs> new.
2: But also very old. 4,000 years old. Old and new. Yeah.
1: And yes. Well... You guys clearly don't shy away from provocation. How do you toe that line between creativity and going too far?
2: Look, the thing for us is that the future isn't about animals at all, um, which might sound weird when we're talking about animal meat, but it's not dissimilar to, say, breakfast cereal. When breakfast cereals first hit the market 100 years ago, it was so new that people needed to think about something that they could hold on to. So they talked about the ingredients, right? It might be corn flakes or it might be bran or oats. Cheerios were called Oats before they were Cheerios then over time as more choice entered the market people became more comfortable with new mixes of things and then it became all about the brand like if you can tell me about more than four ingredients in a Captain Crunch I'd be wickedly impressed
1: heaven yeah. dreams magic yeah yeah
2: yeah delicious put right? it in sugar and that's exactly what the brand has told you and you were able to recite it perfectly
1: but I've tasted right? it yeah <laughs> yeah And this not is, false advertising
2: this is exactly what's going to happen with meat and, and I know that seems like a really far out idea but we can start to use cells as ingredients and those ingredients can come together in combination that create things that are magic.
1: Prehistoric, even.
2: Prehistoric as well, or prehistoric with the very new. And and the future looks like brands with different ingredients in them as opposed to the animals that they necessarily came from. I mean, at the end of the day, we have some of the world's best scientists and engineers and food technologists working on this around the world, but it is the consumer's that are going to make the change. I mean, this is hundreds of millions of people hearing about this technology for the very first time. And that's what needs to happen to get change.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's an important message to send for sure. So most emerging companies are working with limited budget and resources. What advice do you have for other brands who are just starting out to maximize their resources? And how did you guys Make the decision to work with Wonderman Thompson as a creative agency, which, um, you know, starting out as a brand seems like it would probably have been a pretty big, important decision to make.
2: Well, first of all, like, I mean, in talking about Scrappy, Baz first messaged me about three years ago. So this has been some time coming. But at that time, we were literally working out and we weren't in high school but we were operating out of a high school lab and that's a whole nother story but we were scrappy right like hold on yeah hold yeah on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's 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 some stories of scrappiness to start off with but we didn't an, have any an underage budget
1: employment yeah look, we're <laughs> you know,
2: DNA they were just great scientists border? okay like, <laughs> no but you know like so for us it was there was this was never a big budget thing that we were focusing on and it never, you know, like, yes, we've invested a lot of time and a lot of effort into making this happen. And, and working with Wunderman Thompson was clear because they had the vision and this idea to bring a really important message to the world.
3: I, I think that's also why it's a mammoth meatball. And it's not a zebra meatball. I think the zebra meatball would have also made some headlines, but not to the extent that the mammoth has. And I think when you're a company like VAO, you need to do something interesting to make sure that this finds its own audience. So you can't have the media budgets that a regular brand has. So you have to get a story that finds its own audience.
2: We, we planted kind of three things in every conversation that happened here. The, the first one, it was always what, and then how, and then why. Yeah. And so it's like, what is that? What do you mean? And then it was, how did you do that? And we educate people on the fact that, yeah, we can, we can make food differently now. But then the third question is always like, why? <laughs> like, Why would you do that? And it was a very clear message that we're spoken about all around the world, and the fact that our food choices have an impact on the climate. And if we don't change, then then the Earth's going to warm up, and it's not going to be inhabitable for any of us anymore. And so that's why this was so important, but worked extremely well.
1: Yeah, and the thing people probably think about for a minute afterward is the why part. Yeah, hopefully, are you guys doing you know other paid media, for example, um, throughout the year, or what's your overarching approach to your marketing plan?
2: From here, all of our marketing is focused on enticing a small, engaged group of customers to start trying this and really prove that this is actually something that's exciting. And so, no, it's not kind of spray-and-paid media. Um, The next thing will be focusing on kind of cultivating a small group of really excited customers and then expanding from there.
1: How do you find
2: them? Well, we start with our market. Our first market will be Singapore. And then you start finding the reasons that or the causes that people care about. For some people, they're serious foodies in Singapore. For other people, they're hardcore environmentalists. And for other people, they just want to try stuff that are really, really new. And so we're just looking for the common threads that exist between them. And then ensuring that our product aligns with that to make sure that they get excited.
1: Yeah, the um, woolly mammoth palette. (laughs) (laughs) There's some sort of genetic testing for that. that We won't (laughs) be selling woolly mammoth
2: anytime soon. It's hard to make, but we we do have other things that we're really excited about coming out this year.
1: So what are some of your biggest products?
2: Well, the next thing that you can expect to see from us is, is actually a Japanese quail product. We've grown the cells of a Japanese quail, which has this umami bowl punch that is seriously delicious. Wow. And that's I don't gonna think be...
1: anyone's ever said that sentence.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <A> 100% <laughs> original <laughs> sentence heard here. Perfect pitch. modify beach. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that's, we're really, really excited about. That is a really delicate, beautiful flavor. And it's going to be in a format that people are excited about, but that you couldn't get in through other animals. Um, so that'll be coming out this year.
1: And is it something that's then sold in, in grocery stores or do you sell directly to restaurants?
2: Yeah, we'll start working with some of the best in, in the fine dining scene in Singapore because they're just, they are the arbiters of great food experiences and it's really important for us that we align something that's so exciting and new with also incredibly exciting existing food experiences in Singapore.
1: Nice. So The Perfect Pitch is all about big creative ideas and then the art of the pitch, actually pitching that idea, because something can exist on a slide and a deck, but to get it into the real world, you need to have a really compelling pitch and strategy. Have you heard any pitches this week or seen any creative ideas where the strategy was so solid that you were like, wow, that was a good pitch?
3: (laughs) That's a good question. That's a good question. I think, and I think that's what I like about my job, and, and I think what we bring to the table in this kind of relationship is, how do you make something understandable and engaging? I mean, they have the smartest scientists, but they wouldn't know how to wrap it or package it. And I think that if you can make things simple and engaging by just touching on an emotional level, then there's it's got to unlock a latent truth. You're like, oh, yeah, damn, that's right. That, that's a good pitch. I hadn't thought about it that way. I think what's interesting uh, about this way of working is just you look for emerging technologies and things that you think are going to be important at some point because you know they help in solving some of the world's bigger issues and then just be the first with a outrageous expression and that's what i like to do and that's what i've done before and that's what i will do in in the future is look for those things because then you you get a you get a splash and you can make a difference for a brand and that's what we're here for
2: This is the standard if you need to create a whole new category to solve one of the biggest problems in the world, which is climate change, right? Like, Climate change requires big ideas that involve billions of people because we're all in trouble otherwise. But for others, this doesn't need to be the benchmark. It's not about the number of eyeballs that see it. It's the quality of them and then the outcome there. And so different marketing exercises that people do just need to focus on what are their goals. And that doesn't have to be an idea that has the reach that the mammoth meatball did. But if it's something like climate change, then we have to think big like that.
1: Yeah, there's an, a different sense of urgency.
2: <laughs> Massively, yeah. yeah there a won't be bit. any big ideas if there's no planet Earth. On that note, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Baz, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a really interesting conversation. Really appreciate you stopping by the beach today. Enjoy the rest of your can. We'll see you out there.
3: Exactly. Thank you.
0: That was Jessica Levinson in conversation with Val Foods and their agency Wonderman Thompson, recorded live at Can. I love the creative thinking around a woolly mammoth meatball. Definitely got my stomach talking. And who knows, lab-grown meat might just end up in your DoorDash orders sometime soon. Thanks for listening to this special bonus episode of The Perfect Pitch. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about our guests today, please visit Valfood.com and WondermanThompson.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.
2: You've got Try to engineer it They've got to compete to hit the right note Trying to convince you with the stuff they wrote They will strategize and improvise Harmonize and finalize All the help you advertise It's a perfect pitch And it so
0: Thanks for listening to The Perfect Pitch, a Spotify original produced by Awfully Nice and hosted by me, Hunter March, and sometimes... Jess Levinson. Those are the real treat episodes. The Perfect Pitch is executive produced by Jesse Burton and Katie Hodges for Awfully Nice, and Jessica Levinson and Frank Lobello for Spotify. The episode was produced by Amber Von Schassen with production support from Bang Audio Post. Sound design and mixing by Nick Cipriano. Theme written by Brian Jones. Scored by Timo Ellison and Brian Jones. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review The Perfect Pitch